Hello and welcome to this week's Celtic View podcast with myself Martin Diel and Celtic View reporter Mark Henderson. It's international week at Celtic and the transfer window has just slammed shut with the Hoops having recruited five top class signings over the summer months, the latest of which, Christian Gamboa, you can hear from in an exclusive interview later on in this podcast. First of all, however, while most of the first team stars are away on international duty, we had a chat with boys defender Eric Svichenko, who returned from injury in the second leg of the Champions League playoff against Hapoel Beersheba and also starred for the Hoops in the recent 4-1 win over Aberdeen. Now he's in this week's Celtic View, so here's a short clip from that interview where he talks about the power of paradise in the upcoming Champions League campaign. Be decisive, uh, thinking that it will be our 12th man. I know it's always a, a bit of a cliche to say, but it, it's so important that the fans will be howling against them, mm-hmm. but cheering against us in some way and, and helping us through that, even though that it will be tough games at this stage, we need to perform, but uh, there can be some games where the other opponents are just at a higher level, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll do everything we can to stop that, prevent them in playing their best. But that's where the fans comes in and need to to be with us because we are together in this and we have been since we, we started this new campaign. Mm-hmm. And do you think for the away games, um, it'll be an important learning experience as well because you know in Scotland, certainly at Celtic Park and at most away games, Celtic are better supported than the team that you're playing mm-hmm. against but away from home in Europe that's very different yeah. so it's an important thing we had, to We had a bit of it in uh, Beersheba mm-hmm. uh, where where the, the majority of the fans was from from the Israeli club mm-hmm. um, where Celtic wasn't as loud as they were su- not supposed to but as they are used to be yeah. uh, so it will be different but again as long as, as they're going to be travelling with us that's just going to be if it's a thousand, two thousand, or what it is, it's going to be for us still important to have them with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Final question, then, Eric. How's life as a dad treating you? It's been a couple of months now, so how are you? Um, I'm getting good at it actually. <laughs> I'm thinking that I'm I'm performing well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's fun and it's it's challenging in some way. But he's he's to say that he's he's really really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and my girlfriend Anna is doing her job to perfection. So at this stage, we are. We're coping really, really well. And have you found it, when all the, the stresses of football take your attention during the day, when you go home and you've got your family there, is that a nice relief? For, relief it is, for it you? is, yeah. You miss them a bit more than, than you thought you would be when you're away just for three days. Mm-hmm. But then the, like, the joy of, of seeing them again is just so big, so you, you forget about the, the days you've been away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> So there you are, Mark, Eric Svichenko, talking about how he is performing well off the field as a father, but obviously he's performing well for Celtic on the pitch. How much of a boost is it for us to have uh, Svichenko back for the you know the coming weeks of the season? I think it's a huge boost, Martin. Um, Eric is a, he's such a steady defender. When he's in the team, you just feel a bit more confident about things. Uh, he always makes the right decisions in the defensive part of the pitch. Uh, whether it's just clearing the ball out for a throw-in or a corner, he, may, he, he does things simply, but he does them effectively. And um, I thought he did brilliantly coming in in the, the pressure cooker of that Champions League match uh, against Beersheba. Throwing in when we were really struggling in the game, the tide was all against us, and he came in and really solidified that defence for the closing stages of the match, which we managed to see out. And I think he played a, a crucial part in that. And then, of course, he, he came in against Aberdeen um, a couple of days later and performed excellently again. I thought he looked really solid alongside Colo Touré and that could be a, a really 
uh, flourishing partnership, hopefully, in the central of the uh, Celtic defence. He's, he's kind of he's proven his re- reliability before, obviously. I mean, I never spoke to him about this at the time, but when he first joined Celtic, you know, his first appearance was in, I think it was the semi-final of uh, the Scottish League Cup against Ross County. And obviously we'd gone down to 10 men and, you know, there is 13, 14 minutes into the game, he's coming in and, uh, you know, he performed really well for Celtic that day, albeit we, we lost and, and ended up going out. But he just seemed like one of those uh, defenders who's decisive, commits to the tackle, knows exactly what he's going to do. Um, how do you see that partnership with him and Colo Turi panning out, if that is going to be, say, the first choice for uh, Brendan Rodgers? Do you think it'd be a case of Colo stay back more often and Eric will be the guy who comes forward to kind of uh, meet players out, outside the box? How do you see it developing? Well, it's interesting. I think they're both different in a sense. You know, Colo's obviously get a, a bit more height about him. Uh, perhaps he'll be the one that will go and challenge for the first ball. Eric will collect the second ball, play more of a kind of sweeper position. And, I think we saw examples of that last season when he, he, he did come into the side. It was it kind of reminded me, a sense, uh, well before my time, even though you might wind me up about my age here, Martin, even though you are only two years older than me, but a bit Two of, years younger than you, Yeah, Martin. yeah, come two on. years younger, you know, it's, it, <laughs> uh, mine does play tricks on you sometimes, but... Because you're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, John Clark, uh, obviously one of our greatest ever players. I know played, who he is, yeah. Yeah, um, playing alongside Billy McNeil and that. Uh, wonderful, the greatest ever Celtic team of course and obviously Billy would always go for the first ball and John would always sweep up behind and it was such an effective partnership and that could be maybe something we'll see in the future going forward this season Colo will probably be the one that will go up for all the aerial battles and Eric will maybe be the one that will play behind him um, so I think there's real possibilities there but of course you know there's huge competition in that area of the team and I think that can only bode well uh, you know Dedrick Boyata is back from injury, Jozo is now back from injury as well, uh, and Owen O'Connell, of course, has played a prominent part in the early part of the campaign. So, I think we've got real strength and depth there, and it's such a vital part of the team. You know, that's the platform for the team going forward. You have to build on a solid defence, and uh, you know, I think we've got plenty, plenty of good players in that area now. Do you think it's a bonus also that the two of them seem like, uh, say, Svechenko and Kolo Turi seem like natural leaders? Svechenko was obviously captain in FC Michelin for all all of their Europa League games last season before uh, he joined Celtic and Colo Turi. I mean, he is what he is. You just see how much of a commander he is on the pitch. Good to have two kind of vocal centre halves. Oh, definitely. Uh, the more leaders you have on the pitch, the better. And I think Brendan Rodgers identified that when he came into the job. That you know Scott Brown uh, is Celtic's main leader on the pitch, but. You want as many players like that all over, the, all over the, the the surface. You know, just cajoling players, getting them organised. And it was a really interesting. I thought at the weekend um, during the second half against Aberdeen, where they were having a bit of pressure, probably created their best opportunity of the second half with the score at two one when Graham Shinney uh, put a shot over the bar from inside the box. Colo Toure went absolutely crazy. You know, the whole team, not just the defence. You know. Walked out his penalty box, walked to the midfield and the strikers, shouting madly at everyone, yeah. you know, to really sharpen up, get refocused. And, you know, I think uh, it's great to have players like that, that experience, that leadership, as you say, um, because it just keeps everyone on their toes and it just builds that confidence throughout the team. I remember seeing him doing that in Beersheva as well. There was really, really tense last 20 minutes and we'd go into the flat back five and just so many times he was talking, uh, just 
kind of marshalling the defence really, uh, making sure everyone was in the right position. And you certainly see that uh, he's a positive character off the field as well at Lennox Town. You know, he's always so smiley, always so happy. All the boys love him. Um, and young guys like KT and everything like that looking up to him as well. So Eric, who's obviously still very young in his career as well, I'm sure he'll be enjoying uh, looking up to Colo uh, Turi as a kind of defensive sort of role model. But obviously Eric's got his own people who are looking up to him as well. As he mentioned at the end there, his girlfriend Anne, uh, they, she'd given birth earlier on the year to their baby boy William. Um, and it's I guess it's important for family life to be settled off the pitch as well and he certainly seems to be in a really positive frame of mind just now. Yeah, I mean it's been a bit of a whirlwind time from Eric when you when you reflect on it, Martin. Arrived at the club, you know, thrown straight into the team pretty much, uh, as you talked about that Ross County match and then in the second half of last season and of course uh Anna was, you know, heavily pregnant and then she had her, she I think her son on uh, I think it was April. Yeah, very right early April. Yeah. yeah, and we played Hearts, I think later that day and of course Eric being the consummate professional left the hospital bedside straight into the Celtic defence to help us to an important victory on our way to the league title um, but it's been a really busy time for both of them of course Anna also plays uh, football as well and is hoping to get back for the Celtic uh, women's team in the coming weeks and months so um, but it's great you know they seem really happy um, they're obviously enjoying life in Scotland on and off the park and that can only uh, obviously augur well for, for Eric's future at Celtic and speaking of the future at Celtic, uh, obviously Eric speaking there about the upcoming Champions League games. Celtic, of course, drawn in Group C uh, last week against the mighty Barcelona, Manchester City and Borussia Mönchengladbach as well. In the interview in the Celtic View, Eric talks about how he's got a couple of international teammates at Mönchengladbach, but focusing on things at home, he talks about the, the power of the Celtic Park crowd on a big night. And obviously, when he joined uh, earlier on this year, we were out of Europe. But he's he's sampled this season what uh, the European nights are like from the stands. You know, he knows how big that Celtic Park crowd is. Mark, we've seen it so many times, and he says it's a it's a cliche as they're the twelfth man. But I guess cliches are cliches because they're true and repeated so often. Yeah, it's a cliche for a reason, Martin. Um, I think we saw a perfect example in the Bears of a home match. I think they were completely overawed by the crowd. I think they were com- hugely intimidated. Um, and having spoken to some journalists uh, in the away leg out in uh, Beersheba, I think they thought the same thing, that the players were just overawed by the noise, the din, the 60,000 Celtic supporters just backing the team so vociferously throughout that, that opening period of the match. And, uh, you know, they were completely blown away in that first half. And that shows what the difference the crowd can make. I know... You know, people talk about it all the time, Celtic Park, and people might think, oh, it's a bit of a tired cliche, but it's not. You know, when you come here, it's a great leveller. When you run out that pitch and you've got 60,000 fans backing you, and the opposition team, you know, it can really intimidate them. And uh, that's why we've got such a good, great European record over the years. We've beaten so many great teams here, probably a lot more quality in their teams than we, we have. But And it's one of the special things about Celtic, these European nights, when you come here, you hear that music, you see that the stands packed and the noise levels, it just brings out something really, really special and unique. And it's such a contrast for the players then when they go away. I always tried, I was speaking to Eric about this, the, this idea about when you go away from home and you're having to face up to another team, these massive European teams now that they're going to have 
uh, equal size support as Celtic in their in their home grounds. Perhaps they won't be as loud, or maybe they won't support their team in the same manner that Celtic do. But something that you've got to get used to as a professional. And you know, while obviously we're in this Champions League group to compete and hold our own, um, the players I think are looking forward to getting more used to that idea of going away and playing against not only another team but another crowd as so many Celtic teams from the past eventually got used to and then started to thrive on and do well like the, the great teams of like say like Martin O'Neill It takes time Martin um, that's, I mean this is a, a team that's still relatively inexperienced in th- this stage of European football remember it's now f- obviously three years since we qualified for the Champions League still a, a strong element in the Celtic team that, that played in that time the likes of Scott Brown James Forrest but there will be players, there will be a new experience for them, but I think they're relishing it. And uh, I, I don't think there's... I mean, I've travelled, had the privilege of watching Celtic across different grounds on the continent, and I don't think there really is many atmos- atmospheres that are comparable to Celtic Park in terms of noise, while the new Camp is an incredible arena, you know, a wonderful place to play football. It's not really noisy. Um, you know, you've got 100,000-odd fans there, but they don't make the same racket as they do yeah. at Celtic Park, so... I certainly don't think that'll be a problem for the players. I think it'll just be a period, a period of adjustment to that type of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coping with that in home soil. Obviously, it'll uh, will require a, a, a different approach, probably more conservative, more pragmatic, and, uh-huh, yeah. and, and looking to hit on the counter attack. But I think um, you know the players are looking forward to the challenge, and you know the way that we've started the season. I think we've got so much attacking threat going forward that. I think we can go and cause problem, teams problems on the counter-attack. We've got so much pace in that attacking department of the team. Uh, and so I think there'll be plenty of teams, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Man City and Barcelona, will be well aware of the threat we have going forward too. Hi, I'm Mark Henderson, and after Celtic went top of the table against Aberdeen last weekend, I caught up with Hoops debutant Doris de Vries. Celtic debut, how does it feel? Um, first of all, I'm proud. You know, it's, um, it's such a great club. You know, and just to, um, I feel honoured. Uh, just, just, to, just to play this game, and, and then I made an appearance and debut for for Celtic Football Club. So yeah, it's 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 an amazing feeling, but it's good that it's out of the way. Oh, uh-huh. that says it's something that's been on the back of your mind since you arrived. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, because once you arrive at the club, you just want to. You always want to want to give a give a good impression impression in your in your first outing. Uh, sometimes as a goalkeeper, that's a little bit more difficult because you're, you're always anticipating to what's happening in respect to, for example, an attacker, mm-hmm. which can create stuff. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's great, you know. It's, like I said, just, I'm just looking at the stadium at the moment, and it's just it's great to be part of it uh, and, and a good victory today. Is that well? Obviously, you've played in some of the big crowds before, but. I don't know if you've ever made a debut in front of 60,000 fans. No, 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 that's a, that's a first. Um, and such a great crowd as well. Um, this is, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm proud and I feel honoured mm-hmm. to wear the jersey. And um, hopefully, hopefully, um, I just keep keep developing, keep keep working hard, and, uh, and and hopefully more appearances will come soon. And uh, I mean, obviously, um, your competition, fierce competition with goalkeepers here. Um, how 
did Craig have any words to say before the game? I know it must have been difficult for him for you coming in and taking his spot. Of course, yeah, no, I know exactly how it feels. Uh, you know, when, when a new goalkeeper comes uh, comes out of the club, um, and, and you always start thinking about your own position and what's going to happen. But um, that's just the way it is at, at a big, big, big club. Uh, at every club that I worked before as well, there's no different. Um, Craig is a, is, a, is a good pro, he's a great lad. And um, like I said, he's, he's a good professional. Um, so mine's already other goalies at the club. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's only one thing in this, just make sure that you, uh, that you train really well and you just stay mentally, uh, mentally strong. And, and just like I said, keep working hard and, and make sure you get the jersey. And that, that counts for everybody. And um, how did you feel the game went itself? I mean, you ended up with a good 4-1 win at the end, but it was quite hard to fought contest. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was a bit of a weird game, to be honest. I thought the first goal was an unbelievable goal by Lee. Um, on a great time as well. I thought we had a really good spell at that time as well, so we, 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 we finished it off with a great goal. Um, after that, there was a little bit of a spell of 10 minutes where we just, like... Uh, maybe a little bit of the tiredness of travelling uh, from from recent games as well. You know, there's been a hectic period uh, of games where we just put the foot off the gas a little bit, and we didn't have seemed to be really in control of the game. Um, but then all of a sudden you could see that burst again coming up, and then the confidence again, and then all of a sudden we score three goals, and and then it's game over. Doris De Vries, obviously delighted to have got his Celtic career off to a winning start on his debut. And Martin, uh, Doris, obviously very proud as well to have made his Hoops debut in front of such a bumper crowd at Celtic Park. Sure, Doris would have been delighted with that debut day against the Dons and other such alliteration. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, (laughs) alliteration aside, yeah, uh, really good debut for Doris. Probably very beneficial for him to be kind of thrown into the action so quickly after joining Celtic. Um, you kind of get the impression sometimes for players, you know, when you join a new club, it can be quite frustrating to, to you know, have to wait in the wings for so long. Obviously, Craig Gordon's been excellent for us in the, the past two years, but the manager's made the call on it uh, for the Aberdeen game. And he came in, unfortunately, to, to not, you know, leave the game for a clean sheet, but a good debut and a really good game for him to sort of experience uh, Celtic Park in all its glory you know it was a real bumper crowd as you say big match kind of top of the table clashing uh, for our respects anyway and um, yeah good to get the three points I mean even though Doris is 35 uh, Martin older than myself I just just that in there well older than myself oh, right. uh, a good few years on me <laughs> uh, <laughs> he would have still nonetheless been nervous about coming into a match like that because there's been so much press attention on him since he arrived at the club. Um, obviously, the, the goalkeeping position is one that does garner a lot of attention anyway, who, who is going to be the number one. But to come in like that and knowing he, he has to impress because he's got so, such fierce competition from Craig Gordon, Logan Bailly and a young Leo Fizan as well, he knew he'd have to make a, a good start, even though Brendan Rodgers knows him well and knows how he works. And, uh, you know... It, what was probably a frustrating thing for him, I don't think he had much to do in terms of saves. I mean, Aberdeen really scored with their first shot and goal, mm-hmm. and notwithstanding Adam Rooney's uh, leveller, I, I can't remember them having another shot and target in the game. So he may have, it's a strange one for a goalkeeper because, on one hand, you're really happy that your defence has protected you well, but on the other, sometimes you do want a bit of action to show you're a good shot stopper. And, you didn't really get that. It's such a common thing, I think, for Celtic goalies, certainly over the past kind of ten years, really, in the league. 
um, you're doing so little and you have to be just ready to, to spring into action. Um, I was speaking to Ross Doohan recently about that as well and also uh, Josh Kerr, who at least a defender, but a, a, nine times out of ten in the league, your Celtic defence, central defenders and your goalkeeper are having to do very, very little. We have to stay alert. So it was unfortunate for um, De Vries to have you know, conceded a goal on his debut, but as we, had, as we were talking about earlier on uh, with Colo uh, Turi, um, he made a tackle, brilliant tackle, to stop an initial shot coming in in front of him. And then the defence just didn't react uh, quite as quickly as they wanted. So it just wasn't really Doris's fault. There was nothing he could do about it. But you were mentioning about his, um, you know, the nerves he would have had. I think you can really sense the relief afterwards. You know, you're obviously sitting with him in the stands after the kind of um, the hullabaloo of the match is finished and the press conferences are over and Doris is taking time to speak to there. Sitting in the stands, you can hear the groundsman, you can hear the, the grass being tended to, and there's just a bit of a sense of calmness over him. Did you get that, that impression from him? Yeah, definitely, Martin. Um, I don't think we can underestimate you know, what it feels like to run out in front of fifty-five to 60,000 supporters and making your debut for Celtic, um, no matter where you've played that in your career. I mean, Doris, actually, in this week's uh, Celtic View, he talks about some of the grounds he's played at. Um, in England, you know, he's played at the highest level, Anfield, Old Trafford, uh, you know, the biggest grounds in England, but mm-hmm. it's still really, really special when you run out at Celtic Park, and um, I think he was delighted just to have got that out of the way, in a sense, you know, that I could sense that when I spoke to him, um, it was a, a big sigh of relief that he'd got his debut out of the way, his Celtic career was now up and running, and he could really look forward with that behind him, because of course we've so many big games coming up, and I think it was nice that he he got that game out of the way. We won the match, and now he can focus on future challenges. It sort of establishes him as part of the team in the run up to a, a really busy, but as you say, important uh, kind of schedule of games. You can imagine what it'd be like, you know, a new signing, and then you're coming up to say Aberdeen, uh, the Glasgow derby, um, Barcelona, the three massive matches, and. If you're not involved, then you're not going to feel involved as much as you might be in and about it in training and everything. So it's good for him mentally probably to have to have got that match under his belt. And he was saying to you in that interview that it's uh, it's great to be part of it, great to be part of the you know the Celtic first team and everything positive that's happening around the the squad just now. Yeah, and what he did mention actually in the interview, which you can read uh, in an upcoming edition of the Celtic View, Martin, is the fact that. He feels there's a real family atmosphere at Celtic. Um, he says it reminds him of his time at Swansea under Brendan Rodgers, and it's something he's spoken to Scott Sinclair about. That there's a real, he got a warm welcome when we arrived when he arrived at the club, and there's a real drive and ambition throughout the squad. Everyone's willing to learn off the manager. They're all really enthusiastic about the approach Brendan Rodgers is taking at the club, and you know that Swansea team. They thrived in that and obviously they won promotion to the English Premier League for the first time in their history. So it's really interesting that Doris is so enthusiastic about that. And you know, that's a, someone, a newcomer coming into the Celtic dressing room. And it gives us a bit of insight to how things are. That that sort of positivity we've talked about in previous weeks, that it really is there. It's, ta- it's tangible. 
and uh, you know hopefully that can translate into a really successful season at Celtic because it did at Swansea. And Doris is one perfect example of that. Another one is Scott Sinclair who's come in and you know hit the ground running, getting four goals in six games. It was a pillar of the team that got promotion uh, to the Premier League under Brendan Rodgers at Swansea. De Vries was there as well, so you're totally right, Mark. That an indicator hopefully of of things to come and uh, continuing to sort of breed a, a really positive culture at Celtic Park and at Lennoxton. As the rest of the football world got itself into a frenzy on transfer deadline day, Celtic got their business done early, getting their final and fifth signing of the transfer window in on Tuesday, the day before the transfer deadline, and Christian Gamboa, and I caught up with him at Lennox Town. Do you feel this is the, the right move for you at this stage in your career? You're just approaching your peak years on football, and you're coming to play for one of the biggest clubs in Europe, so uh, does that... Is this the perfect timing for you, really? Yeah, it is. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I've been a lot of, a lot of countries, me around. So I think now you can like age, you can. You know, I think you have, you can settle and mm-hmm. you can find like a place you can looking forward to play. And I think Celtic is is a big club, so I'm looking forward. Like I said, to play to be here. So I think it's the place just to settle and be around here a lot. And you've been in Europe since you were 21 years old. Yeah, um, so do you feel that you know you, how um, how have you developed since you've you've come you've, you've left your homeland at 21? I mean, it must have been a big move for you. Yeah, 20, 21. 20, 20, 20. Yeah, 20 so um, so just tell us about your football journey up up to now. Oh, was you know I started really really young back home playing for the former club. For where I was born, so and then when I get 19, 20, I just come here, second division in Norway. So I start to develop there until I get to Denmark, again Norway, and then come to West Brom in England. Um, come here 26. So I've been in a lot of places, a lot of cultures, different stuff. So it can help you to to develop all your character. So I think today I can say like I'm, I'm being like a lot in different places so right now I'm more mature like in places like in football in my person so yeah it's been a lot a lot of places but I, I hope I can settle here and be around a lot of years here in Celtic and in Scotland Do you know and obviously you've spoken to the manager do you know any of the players here at all before, before coming? Yeah I know Emilio because he's Honduras player so we always play qualification mm-hmm. around so I know him. Came up against him a few times on that side of the pitch. Yeah, we played that team twice again, so I know the guy. Okay, did you speak to anyone before you came to Celtic to advise you? No, I think it's nothing to speak about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't take just long. like to the gaffer and yeah, so the Brandon and that's it. Yes. And uh, are you looking forward to working under Brendan as well? Someone with a real worldwide reputation as a, as a positive, progressive coach. Yeah, I'm looking forward to work there. I spoke with one guy actually. He was. I was coaching to him, it was Ricky Lambert, he was playing with me in Westbrook. So he says he's a really good coach. He tried to develop everyone to the highest level, so I'm looking forward. Christian Gamboa, obviously looking forward to playing under Brendan Rodgers, having spoken to some of the manager's former players. And Martin, um, great to hear another new player come in and obviously so enthusiastic and relishing the challenge at Celtic. Yeah, I think it's just indicative of the the type of players that we're we're getting in. You know, pacey, um, good going forward, 
uh, international experience as well, but in terms of a personality sort of thing, he seems to have that enthusiasm. And as you say, he's looking forward to playing for Brendan Rodgers, a manager who, you know, bring, brings players under his wing almost. You know, it, ma- it makes them makes them happy at the club that they're at and makes them want to play for. We touched on earlier on the kind of Scott Sinclair being that perfect example of it, someone who's come from another club where they weren't getting many games, weren't particularly enjoying their football, and now they have the opportunity to do it. Christian Gamble was the exact same. He's come from West Brom, where he wasn't overly involved, certainly not as much as he would have wanted to. Now he has this fresh opportunity to challenge Mikael Lustig for that right-back uh, berth at Celtic. And what I like about Christian as well, Martin, is, and I think it's indicative of all the signings we've seen under Brendan Rodgers, he's hungry. He's coming up here, he's hungry for success. Obviously didn't get the game time he wanted at West Brom. Um, I think that could have been down to the, the manager down there, maybe preferring a different style of defender. Um, so he's coming up here with something to prove, um, and he certainly has the qualities. You know, he's so playing for Costa Rica in the World Cup. You're not a bad player if you play in the World Cup and play in a you know, get to the quarterfinals, and he is obviously an attacking fullback too. Loves to get forward, plenty of adventure, a real speedster. <laughs> from all the YouTube videos, I think we've all been watching of him. So I think he'll fit very well into the way Brendan Rodgers likes to play football. Going forward at pace, particularly in the fullback areas as well, he loves his fullbacks to get forward and provide that width. And I think Christian will, will fit. Uh, ideally into that system It kind of gives Celtic a wee bit of variety uh, Going forward I think as well Obviously Sadie Yanko going out on a season long loan to Barnsley um, There's just a bit of a, a difference here In terms of age and experience with Yanko And Gamboa Gamboa has obviously got massive international experience I think he's going to maybe reach his 50th cap uh, Over this international week for Costa Rica So that tells you exactly what he's bringing to the table But he also has that pace and that speed as well um, Mikael Lustig Slightly more of a kind of uh, defensive-minded fullback, and we've seen over the course of pre-season and the the Champions League games uh, and the qualifiers that the manager sometimes brings Lustig inside to the centre of defence and will happily bring on uh, you know say Yanko uh, and and allow him to to run at defences in those final kind of twenty minutes. So. Obviously, big matches coming up. Uh, maybe put you on the spot, Mark. How do you think this this back defensive four is going to go for Celtic? Do you think Gamboa will get the nod in the coming games? Well, I think it would be very difficult for him to get the nod straight away, Martin. I think the biggest uh, impediment to him at the moment is match fitness. Now, he didn't play. He's not played a lot at West Brom. He'll obviously, I would imagine, he'd be in action for his country, and that would certainly accelerate his his match conditioning. But he does need game time. He does need time to bed into this Celtic team. And with such crucial matches coming up, eh, obviously the Glasgow derby, then we've got Barcelona. Mikel Lustig, you know, he's someone that's very experienced and he's played at the highest level as well in the Champions League. So you would imagine Mika's probably in pole position for that. But, you know, as you say, later in the game, eh, it gives the manager that flexibility as well. If he wants to maybe go to a back three and just make a tactical switch, he could bring Christian off the bench and he could play that wing, wing back role. But I mean, I, I'm saying that I don't know what Christian's match fitness is. He, he, you know, he might be up to speed, he might be naturally fit and can come in straight away. But you know, you just would imagine with Mika's experience, he would get the nod at the moment. I think in, in his press conference earlier on the week, he said, um, you know, he hasn't had that many games for West Brom, but he's been playing all the 90 minutes for his country. 
and obviously that involves, I think I'd read somewhere, it involves like a 17,000 mile round trip for him. So if you can do that and still play games and consider yourself fit, fair play to him. Um, but as you say, Mark, you're, you're right, Mikael Lustig deservedly would be in pole position for that right back slot. But that maybe gives uh, Gamboa a wee bit of an easy kind of entry into life at Celtic, allowing him to uh, just take it a wee bit slower, uh, bed himself in, and then really challenge challenge for a, a place, especially with the departure of Yanko and prior to that, um, Daniel Fisher. Yeah, talking about you know the players that have left, Martin, obviously uh, we were in here on transfer deadline day and I know the club are working really hard to, to, to bring players in, but... I think Brendan will be delighted, you know, he, he, to get the five players we have. You know, quality over quantity was his mantra in in, in pre season, and I think if you look at the players we've brought in, you know, Scott Sinclair, Colo Touré, Christian Gamboa there, um, Moussa Dembele, and Doris De Vries, th- these are players that Brendan knows. They've all played, you know, in English Premier League too. So mm-hmm. he, I think he's got the type of players that he wants to bring in and uh, I don't think he really wanted to add to the squad in, in any event because we had a big squad so I think overall he'll be satisfied from it and I think going forward we have a really strong squad to, to compete in all fronts this season. And it, all of those kind of uh, transfers, the players that we've brought in have strengthened some really key areas in goalkeeping, there's competition there, strengthened the defence, uh, striking options as well, uh, options on the wing. I guess the, the only position that hasn't technically being strengthened by the addition of new faces would be the centre of midfield but the manager has achieved the goal that he wanted to do in that area which he highlighted as being very um, you know popular with players a lot of people, a lot of bodies there was kind of thin it out a wee bit Scott Allen's gone away on loan he's going to get excellent first team opportunities um, Stephanie Hansen has left the club after a, a, a really positive spell um, obviously we wish the best to him because he was really good for the Celtic view as well um, but it's now kind of thinned that out and you've got, say, Scott Brown, Nier Baton, Callum McGregor. You imagine he's your main three challengers there, but then you've also got Liam Henderson as well. So there's options there and options in every position. Yeah, I mean, Stuart Armstrong's another one to, to throw into sure, the mix, course, uh, yeah. uh, Martin. And I think uh, what's positive f- f- from you know a, a youth academy point of view as well, that there's space there too. Um, you know, Liam Henderson... Has been desperate, I think, for you know to get a chance in the first team. You know, obviously went on loan last season and had a really impressive spell at Hibernian, and uh, you know perhaps he could be the one that can push in this season. I think he's you know a very talented player, obviously, and uh, I think what the benefits now is that we have possibilities for young players to push into the team, and obviously that's what Brendan wants. And you know, this week it's been interesting in International Week, Martin, that Brendan has spent a lot of time working with the Youth Academy. I think the best mm-hmm. part of, of two days, uh, speaking to the coaching staff, giving them presentations, talking about his philosophy and how he wants to, his vision for the club and how he wants to work with the Youth Academy. And also visiting St Ninian's uh, High School as well, which is part of that innovative innovative partnership with, with the Celtic Youth Academy. So that shows he's taking a big interest in, in that part of the club. And I think it kind of, it just re-establishes my, my personal sort of faith in the manager as a fan. I think we see, obviously we get to work in close proximity with him almost every day at Lennox Town uh, and after matches and things like that. And you when you see how well planned out absolutely everything is, 
um, it just it makes you really confident that he knows exactly what he's doing. And I, I know it looks at a lot of Celtic fans online were desperate for us to, uh, you know, bring in a, another signing on uh, transfer deadline day or maybe get someone in. I can understand that it gives you that wee boost, but I'm really happy that the manager got certainly everybody that he said that he wanted to get strengthened the positions that he wanted to and wasn't forced into you know spending money on a kind of a loan signing or a, or a last minute signing because you know the way a lot of transfers can pan out on deadline dates clubs forcing other clubs are uh, into shifting players around or, or taking players on so I'm happy with that and as as you say those couple of days where the rest of the world was working themselves into it is Brendan Rodgers knew exactly what he was doing he's working with the academy and um, instilling his mantra into the, the coaches who are going to be shaping the, the, the future of Celtic's youth. Definitely, Martin, and I think that's the important thing that you talked about Brendan's, how well organised and meticulous he is about things, and he wouldn't have wanted to have just brought someone in for the sake of it. You know, He's talked so many times over the course of the past few months that he wanted players that would only improve the team currently, and I think the players that he's brought in, he feels do that job. So I think, you know, Celtic are in a really good position. Uh, we've got a, a really great team spirit. There's a positive atmosphere. We've brought in good players who've improved the team. And uh, now we've got the, some massive matches over the coming weeks to really look forward to. And I'm just really excited about it. Me too, Mark. Can't wait for them. Well, that's us for another episode of the Celtic View podcast. Thank you very much for listening and don't forget you can read the full version of Eric Svachenko's interview in this week's Celtic View. Doris DeFries also takes part in our Home and Away feature and he, alongside new signing Christian Gamboa, will be in next week's Celtic View. Now, we'll also have another podcast coming for you next week as we get ready for the Glasgow Derby and we'll also be looking ahead to the fantastic start of the Champions League matches with the the first game coming up against Barcelona. But until then, this week's Celtic View is out in the shops now. You can also get it online. And uh, until next time, thank you for listening and hail, hail. (laughs) 